Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Yeah, I have a message from your coach. Stop asking for permission. Well, we're going to use that as our theme today. I'll come back to that. And we've got a whole lot of information that kind of coattails into that. A lot of upcoming things happening here. As you know, we just had our Coaching with Excellence event. People are scrambling for the seats in the September event. That's still the one open event we've got the rest of this year. So get in there. If you want to join us for Shawshank, and we got a lot of interest in that. Escaping Shawshank, you've heard me talk about it. I may even play the little trailer again today. It always just stirs me up when I hear it. You're more than what you've become. But we're going to talk about the things that hold you back. We got a special promo for the Shawshank um, event that's coming up in August up in Ohio. Love to see you there. In addition to the early bird registration discount that we've got going on, we've also got another $100 off if you use the code FREEDOM. Now, you can just go and... Go to escapingshawshank.com, check it out. But if you put in freedom, you get another $100 discount. Also, I've got people saying they're going to win the Eagle competition. So if you look at escapingshawshank.com slash Eagle, you'll see what they're talking about. Got a, a, a little contest there. People are getting fired up about submitting their entries. We'd love to see yours. Okay, here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at today. Dan, do my non-education... Do, do, I messed it up already. Do my non-traditional educational experiences really have value in the workplace? Now, in chapter three of the new edition of 48 Days to the Work You Love, the chapter is titled, Yes, I Do Have an Education. And I talk about all those things that add to your valuable marketable skills that may have never been learned sitting in a classroom, you know, with 32 other kids in a room. Yes, we'll talk about that. Dan, I make over 100000 a year, but I really don't have any skills that could propel me into a new direction. How can I build an audience without having haters? Boy, that's a common question these days. Okay, now here's one. You know, a couple weeks ago, I said, stop hanging around negative people. Well, I knew this was going to happen. I didn't address it directly, but I had about... 586 people say, hey, what if the negative person in your life is your spouse? Ouch. I'll try to unpack that a little bit. Probably not to everybody's satisfaction, but I got some ideas. And then somebody says, I have too many ideas to start my business and achieve what I want. Too many ideas. Is that possible? Well, here's our quotation for today. Now, this is anonymous. I couldn't find an author for this, but the quotation is, if you want to achieve greatness, stop asking for permission. Just do it. That has a lot to do with eliminating the naysayers in your life, incidentally. So we'll circle back around to that. Stop asking for permission. Well, in the success stories today, Thanks to Jen McDonough for a whole lot of activity that she's reporting over in the 48days.net community. David Soto Jr., uh, he said he got interviewed for U.S. News & World Report. Has a link to the article there. 
Annie Conner, this is pretty cute, started a, a discussion. Um, she's got a free ebook. Well, just until May 30th. So depending on when you're listening to this, jump in there. The Nun Diaries. She says it's been two more than two years in the making, but my book, The Nun Diaries, Why I Was a One-Year Nun, is available for free on Amazon until May 30th. So check it out, The Nun Diaries. This book talks about how I decided on, reacted to, coped with, failed at, and ultimately grew from my year spent becoming a sister. It's brutally honest and irreverent. The Nun Diaries offers a glimpse of life in a modern convent from a woman on the inside. The story highlights some of the issues that the 50,000 Americans nun face today. Great bullet points in there. I won't go through all of them. I'm going to go jump out there and get Annie's book. I know she's a great writer. She's done things before. But get the Nun Diaries. Well, Dr. Brian Dixon, who handles all of our website. All of our back-end shopping cart things, the promos we do, Facebook, our social media, and all that. He has a book titled Online Sales Formula. Now, he's got it free for, for members of Speak It Forward. So if you're in the Speak It Forward group, you've already seen that. But it's an online sales formula. He's a master at developing systems for marketing your products, doing product launches. He's in charge of everything that we do here in that arena. And check out Online Sales Formula by Dr. Brian Dixon. Now, Adam Suter was just here at Coaching with Excellence, and he's written a bunch about it just since then. He says, I went to Coaching with Excellence with Dan Miller. It was amazing. Thank you to Dan, his family, and their team for putting it on. He says, going into the training, I had three questions I needed answers to. Is coaching for me? Yes. The answer is yes. Number two, what kind of coaching, which niche are for me? Uh, this one's been a little harder. I believe it. I have it, but I need to do some follow-up. Number three, what are my next steps? He said, at Coaching with Excellence, it was like drinking from a fire hose. The first day was about coaching. The second, about the business side of coaching. How do I actually make a living doing it? The best part is I left with a clear direction of what to do next. He talks about you know, some aha moments. Uh, well, number one, I don't have to cover everything in my niche. Number two, do not create a dependency. We talked about how you do coach people to their own success. Number, uh, well, number three, multiple products allow me to say yes to everyone. Uh, I talk a lot about that in coaching with excellence. How if, you know, when, when people approach me for coaching, if they can't afford a personal coaching package, that's fine because we have online courses, we have books, Audio programs mean all the way down to something that costs eight dollars. And of course, we have a ton of things that are free. So there's always something that'll help somebody, and we just help them find where in that scale is a product or service that fits them best. He says entrepreneurs are awesome. Be generous, always over deliver. Anyway, some cool things there. And then Kamanzi Constable uh, announced that he has up now. It's actually up and available the TED Talk that he did. Now, that's a major accomplishment. You've heard me talk about Kamanzi's amazing transformation that when he decided he didn't have to live the life he was living, changed dramatically the things he was doing, and then ultimately he did a TED Talk. So we love these stories about all the things that people are doing to get in the game. We want to hear from you so you can be right ahead of this song by Queen. We're the champions. Hey, yeah, we love to hear those stories. You got a success story? Just go to the 48days.com site, click on Ask Dan, that's the easiest way, 
You'll see a little red starburst pop up there. You can submit your question there. Or just shoot an email to me at askdan at 48days.com. Send it right to me directly. Alrighty, we'll let this get in and then we'll move on. Oh yeah, you know I never get tired of hearing those old great songs. There's so many of them back there. You know, we got golly, we just uh, heard that uh, there's a new concert coming here to a couple concerts coming here to Nashville. One right here in Franklin. We're going to have Willie Nelson and Cheryl Crow. I mean, how cool is that? Another one at LP Field where the Titan football team plays, bringing in the Rolling Stones in July. So we got some of the oldies here. Golly, the Rolling Stones and Willie Nelson. Uh, those guys are still doing work they love, and it's been a long, long time. Well, this comes from Wes, who says, I recently read your book, Find It Groundbreaking. I do have a question regarding the introduction and follow-up letters. I heard you see in a podcast that you recommend mailing the cover letter. Do you advise the same for the introduction and follow-up letter as well? Yes, absolutely. Now, this is where, you know, we think, well, golly, everybody communicates electronically. Just shoot them an email. Don't do that when you're in the job search. There's still, golly, there's still a sense of invasion if you get an email from somebody where you didn't request it. So even though you can get the email of the hiring director, the HR person, whatever, don't do it. Don't do it like that. Stay professional. And that still means sending in the, the physical letter, the introduction letter, and then your resume and cover letter. Absolutely. Send it. Don't just shoot it through the email. You don't use email until you've earned the right, essentially, until you've communicated with the person and they told you to use this method instead. Mel says, I'm delighted to be going through the 48 days program. I'm on chapter three right now. There's a series of questions you asked that has me a bit stuck. Maybe I'm overthinking it. One of your questions asked to list your non-traditional educational experiences. Wow, what a question. To be honest, I don't even know where to start. Identify with there being a difference between book learning and being through the school of hard knocks. I have both educational experiences. But can you explain what you're looking to draw out of people here? I could write 10 pages of non-traditional learning experiences, but I don't think that would be helpful. Please help to narrow it down a bit so I can move on. Okay, now think about the things that employers are looking for today. A lot of the things that they're looking for are not going to come from classes that you had in school somewhere. Now, according to Forbes magazine, there are some specific qualities that companies are looking for in prospective employees. Number one, the ability to work in a team environment. Now think about these in light of experiences that you've had where you could document that you have this education. But these are not things that are going to show up on a, a typical resume or on a, you know, on your transcript from college. The ability to make decisions and solve problems. The ability to plan, organize, and prioritize work. Clear communication within and outside the organization. The ability to gather accurate information. Technical knowledge related to the specific job. Job-related computer proficiency. The ability to create and edit written reports and documents. The ability to influence others. I mean, look at all the things that we've got going down there that you need to document where you have 
sufficient education in those areas. But again, it's totally outside what you would typically get with a degree program. So you might describe something you've done that required you to use your imagination. I'm pulling some things now from the new workbook that we're creating to accompany the new version of 48 Days to the Work You Love. What are some ways you've expressed your creativity? You are art. What is your response to that statement? What are some of your interests, skills, abilities, hobbies? Um, anyway, those are the kind of things that you have to document. When I look at my own experience, I mean, I talk a lot about this in chapter three, where I talk about the fact that I bought and sold cars. I mean, that helped me get a clear understanding of how to develop trust and rapport with people, how to help them identify their needs, and then how to move them through making a commitment. I mean, I've dealt with banks and learned the dangers of debt. I figured out that I need a lot of help in accounting areas. I mean, I, I read at least 50 books a year on business and personal development, have for many years. I've traveled internationally, experimented with landscaping ideas, tried different health plans. I mean, those are things that have added to the education that make me able at this point to be a successful writer, speaker, coach. It wasn't because of classes that I took in college. Now, again, not to diminish that, but when you're talking about presenting yourself with marketable skills, make sure you include those things that are going to show value to an organization. You may point somebody to a blog that you've been writing for the last two years or show them a project that you worked on in the last six months. You know, show them where you're involved in social networks. Obviously, they're going to Google you anyway, so you better be sure that everything that leads to works to your favor. But those are the kind of things, you know, that are non-traditional education that will enhance your value dramatically. Great question. Thanks. Okay, another question here, and then we're going to keep the name anonymous. Dan, I'm 45 years old. I've been working in the same job field for over 15 years now. I make over $100,000 a year. My bonuses are a big part of my income. Because of that and other perks, it's hard to leave this job. I'm not happy. Even with the income, it doesn't take away the pain of not finding my fulfillment. I've done your personality test, but I have no idea what I want to do or can do. I don't have a college education. I really don't have any skills that could propel me into a new direction. I'm a hard worker, dedicated to putting hard days work and doing my best when others won't. I'm frustrated and depressed and don't know where to start. Well, you know, to start with, I'm not convinced you don't have skills that could propel you in a new direction when you say that, but if you've been in the same job field for over 15 years now and are making over a hundred thousand dollars a year, someone believes you have marketable skills and whatever those are, they can be used in a new field. I mean, I, it doesn't matter if you're a doctor I had a doctor that I worked with here a while ago and he was really frustrated because all he knew how to do was generate linear income, meaning all he knew as a way to make money was to get, you know, 13 more people in his clinic this week. And I started to show him how he could leverage his intellectual capital, things he knew about where we could produce training programs, online courses, audio, eBooks, those kind of things where he could very quickly duplicate his million dollar a year income. And I showed him how to do that. And I mean, the guy almost fell out of his chair as we were talking about it because he had never before seen the value of repositioning what he knew in a way that would not just be working with his hands. He was an ENT doc. 
But whatever skills you've got that have been worked successfully for you, you can transition those and go in a totally different direction. Here's another example. I worked with a dentist who three times had left dentistry because he was so frustrated with dentistry. Three times he had left with the ill-conceived plans. The last one, he bought a printing franchise, knowing nothing about printing, but somebody talked him into, hey, this is a money-making venture. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, gee, we have, you know, chiropractors leaving that and they buy a transmission franchise. And three months later, we realize they don't know how to release a hood on most cars. You know, horrible, horrible choice. And they got into it just because of the money. And that's certainly not enough justification. But this guy had left dentistry three times. And the last time he had crawled back to dentistry because that's the one way he knew where he could actually make money. And I started unpacking with him. What drew you to dentistry originally? Well, his dad was a doctor. You know, he didn't want to do that, but he wanted to do something where people would respect him, where he could wear nice clothes, where he could kind of do his own thing, have his own business and make extraordinary income. Nothing that he talked about had anything to do with the clinical practice of dentistry at all. He wasn't interested in being a dentist. He wanted to be an entrepreneur and we could replace all those things that drew him to dentistry by taking him in a totally different direction. But here's what we did with him. I asked him, I said, how many independent dentists are there in the United States? Well, there's about 112,000. I said, you know, how do they find products that they need, equipment that they need? Well, they just go out there and just get online, just shop around. But here's what we did. He formed a buying co-op. Now keep in mind, he had filed bankruptcy very shortly before I started working with him. So he wasn't bankable to go finance a business. Didn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter. It never matters. Anyway, here's what we did. Formed a buying co-op. So he went to vendors, like as an example, the little hand drill, the little, you know, the dentist use those things wear out pretty quickly. I understand. And so he went to vendors, suppliers, and said, if I brought you a buying block of dentists where they aren't going to price shop you, they're going to buy from you, would you give us a discount? Well, sure they would. Big part of their marketing or big part of their product cost is the marketing to get to the dentist and convince them to make the decision. So then the guy, having gotten discounts, deep discounts from vendors that any dentist is going to need to use, went to the dentist and said, Hey, for 21 bucks a month, you can be part of my buying co-op. I'm going to do all the research. I'm going to bring you the very best deals out there so that it'll save you tons of money by getting the best equipment for the, the least price. Our goal, again, there were 112,000 dentists. Our goal was to get a thousand dentists in 90 days to buy onto that concept. They did. They did that and more. He did that and more. So in 90 days, he had now had thousand dentists paying him $21 a month, low fee as $21,000 a month. He is getting for his concept, his idea, and he built it from there. Now that's the way that we validate his background, his education. We didn't negate it. We validate all of that, but put him in a position where he can address everything that he wanted. He can have his own business. He can wear nice clothes, be respecting the community, make extraordinary income, but he'll never have to again, have his hands in somebody's slimy mouth. I mean, that's the way we validate somebody's background, even when making a dramatic redirection. And I'm confident you can do the same. Well, okay. Let me move on. I could stick there all day. I love that question. 
Dan, are there other effective ways of building an audience besides Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn? I realized that when I had a Facebook page, I found it unexpectedly repelling. I took it down after about a month. Blogging seemed excessively high maintenance regarding weeding out all the robot commenters. I don't need or want, you know, a million followers. Well, he goes on, you know, how do you, how do you avoid having people who disagree, you know, those haters out there? Well, you know what? His name is Dan. Dan, you know, I, I really think you're painting yourself into a corner. You know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, blogging, podcasting, speaking, those are all effective ways to build an audience. But there is no system that's perfect. I mean, I build my business model at 48 days here on the expectation that 96% of the people in my audience will never spend a penny. Some will complain, some will hate me, some will accuse me of unreasonable things, but the other 4% will allow my life to be pretty good. I just don't know how to find the 4% without allowing all the rest to be in the playground. We just recently had a situation, some lady, I mean, one of these, you know, all caps, you know, it was actually, you know, take me off your effing email list. It was really nasty. Funny thing was, uh, she said that she first heard about me on Moody Midday Connection, which is about as conservative a Christian show as possible. So I'm not sure she's a regular listener there with the, the, the words she used in her email, but Hey, it happens. I mean, did I lose any sleep over that? Goodness, no. Now, to start with, everything we send out to anybody has at the bottom of it a very easy way to unsubscribe. But she was screaming she had done that and we're still sending her things. Well, as it turned out, she was a member. She had applied for membership and was a member in 48days.net. So she was just getting the activity notices from there from other members in the community. It wasn't even direct emails from me. It was in there. I, we finally figured it out. And believe me, we were delighted. We were m- more eager than she to get her off our mailing list. But do we lose any sleep over that? My goodness, no. If you don't have a thick enough skin to handle that once in a while, uh, then you, you don't need to be in business. But is there a way to build an audience without addressing that? No. I mean, if you talk to anybody out there, I mean, talk to Dave Ramsey about haters. My gosh, thousands of them. But even, I mean, just wonderful, soft-speaking people like Pat Flynn. Hey, we all have haters. If you're going to do anything, if you're going to raise your head up out of the the hole at all, you're going to have people taking pot shots at you. And the more successful you are, the more pot shots people are going to be taking at you. Trust me. Okay, now I'm not going to mention any names here because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but uh, I've got people that wrote in and it was in regard to the podcast that I did two weeks ago where I said, stay away from negative people. What if the negative person in your life is your spouse? And someone says, I've actually been pondering this question a lot lately because for two and a half years, I've been consuming, consuming positive and entrepreneurial content and hopes to one day do something on my own. But my wife hasn't been. So we're in two different places mentally. I've been hearing a lot about this lately, about dropping the naysayers from our lives. But seriously, what if this is your spouse? Another one. Um, just listen to your podcast about staying away from negative people. What if the negative person is your wife? Now, I, won't, I won't bore you with all the questions that came in like that. Man, oh man. I, I mean, I knew it was there looking in the background when I talk about that. I talk very gently about limiting time spent with those negative people. And I talked about the fact that I've got people, you know, who are relatives of mine 
where I will spend three hours a year with them, but I'm certainly not going to spend three days or three weeks on a vacation, you know, limit that. So how do you do that when it's your spouse? Now, this is a tough issue and I'm not going to pretend to go through all the issues, but I want to give you some, just some quick pointers on this. And if you're hearing, you know, from a spouse, we can't afford to take a risk right now. We don't have the money. You don't have the time. It can't be done like that. I mean, somebody else is already doing that. You don't know where to begin. Why don't we just be safe rather than sorry? You're not that good. Hey man, you failed in your last three ideas. Why would this one be any different? You know, I think you're just a dreamer, not a doer. You don't have the credentials. You're not a leader. You can't compete with Dave Ramsey and Michael Hyatt and Pat Flynn or John Lee Dumas. You're too old. You're too young. You don't have the right degree. Wow. I'm getting discouraged just listening to that. No, I've never heard that from my spouse. I mean, I have to admit, you know, I'm one of the luckiest guys on the face of the earth. No matter what I've tried, Joanne, my wife, has been my biggest supporter. And I have no way in the world to measure the value of having that in terms of what it's allowed me to go out and experiment with, to try, to fail, to stub my toe, to bruise my knees and come back. I mean, she's always been there saying, yes, you can do it. Now, my first advice is find somebody who says that for you. Find somebody who believes in you, who thinks that you will be able to walk into the kind of success that you're talking about. But ultimately, your own success is going to be the biggest key for reducing or eliminating the negative input from somebody, even if that is your own spouse. So instead of just talking about, you know, what if, I mean, certainly they need to be included in the conversations, have a lot of conversations, you know, plan for the worst possible scenario, but don't just keep hammering away at what if, you know, Joanne jokes about that. Sometimes she's going to write a book about, you know, well, if this works out, then we'll be able to do this. And if this comes together, well, I know I use that a lot. Again, she's a good sounding board for that. But if your spouse you know, tends to see the negative side, don't talk about it so much. Just start producing some success. If you want to start a little online business, just start doing it. You know, Jamie Slingerland uh, lives close by here. He and his wife, Ruthie, and their kids. You know, he was a school teacher making about $30,000 a year. And he just started experimenting online with some things. Yeah, he stubbed his toe a couple of times, but now he, he sells cameras online. They've totally changed their life, their lifestyle, the things they're able to do because of his success, extraordinary success with the unique application that he's doing, selling cameras online. Start experimenting. Show your spouse that yes, those times before were different. This time you really are going to be able to do this. You might set a benchmark for your success. Kent Julian, when he started coaching, now he had a position as a youth denominational leader. It was a very respected position, reasonable pay, but he wanted to do more. Well, his wife, Kathy, was certainly concerned and rightfully so about him rocking the boat. Why would you give that up? You know, it's secure, predictable. People love you. He wanted to do more. And what he promised to her is that he would never go below the income that he was making at that point. So let's just say, I'll just, it, this wasn't it. 
I don't need to share his specifics, but let's just say it was $65,000 that he was making. He assured her he would never go below that. He would never jeopardize what they had planned for their children's college funds or for vacations. So he'd never go below that income. So what he did for the first three years that he was coaching and speaking on the side, he banked the money. So he banked a truckload of money without ever touching it because he was still getting his current income. Then he quit his position and he had a savings nest that they drew on. But at the same time, his income had started to go up dramatically from his sideline things. So he never did. Their income never dropped. I mean, that's one of the things that I hear a lot about, you know, with people who want to start something, gee, they want to quit their job and just start something and see if it works out. So then there's immediate strain financially, immediate strain in the relationships, immediate pressure on the spouse to continue their job that they may not be crazy about. Now, I see that a lot. I see a lot of that with guys where they've quit their job and now it's absolutely necessity that the spouse, the wife in most cases, keeps her job because it's keeping their head above water. Yeah, resentment can build real quickly in that kind of a scenario. Don't put yourself in that kind of a scenario. Just get out there, do what you're doing, show success, and the negativism is going to start to dissipate. You know, even outside people are going to think that you're crazy until you are successful. But then when you're successful, they say, how'd you do that? Or even, yeah, I knew you could do that. But the people closest to us often are the ones who most want to keep us just like we are. I mean, the people that you work with. So you're on the assembly line together and you say, man, I'm going to go out here and start a landscaping business. Are they going to say, oh, that's great. I think you're, that's a really, no, they're going to say, are you kidding me? Are you stupid? You know, a lot of those businesses fail. Why would you jeopardize stand right here? You're going to have a vested retirement account in another 13 years. I mean, that's the kind of things you're going to hear from the people that you're working with. And a lot of times family members, they're used to us being the way that we are. They're not the ones that are going to say, hey, yeah, just go out here and a wing and a prayer. You know, I hope that, you know, you'll become a different kind of person. I mean, there have been times even with Joanne. I mean, when she went through kind of a midlife crisis by her own definition and she started seeing things that she could possibly do that she had never done. And she was like, wow, I could be a whole different person. What do you think my response was? My response was not, yeah, gee, I'd love for you to be another person. It's like, no, my response was, Hey, that's a little scary for me. I like you the way you are. I like you the way that you've been. What does this mean about you're going to become a new person? So, you know, go slowly at those kind of things. But again, success is what you're going to want ultimately. Again, remember our quotation for today. If you want to achieve greatness, stop asking for permission. Well, let me bring that up. Wow, that's a long-winded response to a very, very poignant, important personal question. I need, you know, I need to talk to Joanne more about that. I need to develop some real guidelines or how do you move forward, especially if it's something non-traditional, creative, more entrepreneurial, if you don't have spousal support. Yeah, we need to work on that one. Well, hey, if you got a question, you want to shoot it in, just go to the 48days.com site, click on Ask Dan, a little tab. You'll see there an opportunity where you can write it in the little red cloudburst, cloudburst if you want to. You can just start talking. There's a microphone there. You can send it in that way, or you can shoot me an email directly at askdan at 48days.com. 
All right, let me move on. Patrick says, Dan, how do you find a job when you work in an industry that is imploding upon itself? I work in the oil and gas industry, which has been on a steady decline with the drop in prices of oil. The only jobs you see out there right now are for people with over 10 years experience. How is someone with only two years of engineering experience to find a job? Well, Patrick, don't get caught up in the generalities. I mean, teachers, bankers, real estate people could all say the same thing. I'm in an industry that's imploding upon itself. But think about the unique applications in any of those. I mean, I've got a son-in-law who is in real estate. We've got a lot of people, you know, just screaming, there's no inventory, blah, 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 all these things that are happening. He is so overloaded with clients waiting for him to serve them in what he does with excellence. And the word is out. I mean, he's just having a banner year. He did last year. This year's going to be even bigger. Even though there are a lot of people in real estate who said, oh no, this is a bad time. Put your license in escrow to go do something else until things get better. You can be a teacher. I mean, teachers are leaving public school rooms by the thousands. They're saying, geez, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to love on these kids, encourage them, nurture them, you know, being able to talk to their parents. And now I have to be a policeman, you know, carrying a packing a gun to be in the classroom. This is not what I signed up for me for. Get me out of this. Well, you can be a teacher, but maybe not at a Nashville city school with 32 rowdy kids, but maybe teaching five students, uh, children of IBM executives living in Acapulco. You may teach one particular class. And so you do that with homeschooling kids where you get together with them three times a week. So it's not a traditional class schedule, but you still make more money because you're being paid individually by those students to be under your great teaching. When you may create an online course. So if in this position you're in the oil and gas industry, Hey, there's a whole lot of things happening there. Now you say there's been a decline. There is, but there's a whole lot of interest in what the possibilities are in that area. I mean, look how we're looking at other energy sources as possibility. Look at the fracking possibilities that are, at the top of everybody's mind, the new ways of drilling and accessing oil and gas. And again, don't get caught up in the generalities. All you need is one opportunity. It doesn't matter what's happening in general in your industry. All you need is one great opportunity. Well, this comes from Jake. Jake says the last nine months or so I've been on a journey. I started tearing through books because I knew my life needed a change. I've started tearing through book after book on business leadership and other varied topics. I reached a kind of plateau where I saw that I had the potential of losing some of the powerful things I was learning. And then he goes on. Okay. A lot of things. I started Jake's voice this year where I decided I would go after my successes in voiceover work and voice acting. It's had a rocky start. And a few weeks ago, you urged someone to look for the value they were presenting. I think you're buying the cart before the horse. You said, and that hit home. I realized that instead of finding what I could offer, I was merely trying to find an extra source of income. Now, Jake continues in the question there. He says, what I want to do, I believe that I'm now have set up who I am in a strong way. It's time to give due diligence to my business, yet I still find a blank canvas with writer's block. This is such a creative field that I see so many ways of going about it. I don't know what to do. Um feel like I'm flinching. I've decided, oh, I'm rereading the flinch that you mentioned a couple weeks ago. And I'm two days into the cold shower flinch homework. Cool, man. Congratulations on that. Why is this last tier that I see myself in three times as big a mountain 
as any of my other struggles. I know I have it in me to be successful, yet when I voice any reason to just jump in and do it without a clear answer or a step to take, my reasoning is shallow and weak. Okay, now lots of other details here. Jake, thanks for your newsy and uh, informative update on where you are. But in reading through everything that you've talked about here, now you're doing a little voiceover work. I listened to a couple of the clips that you provided there, but you haven't really made it very clear to me what your business is, you know, just that you want to be in business. And like you say, if you're just looking to make money, you're going to feel like you're pushing a rope. See, the passion comes first. I mean, you don't sit down to write a book because you're good with semantics and syntax and punctuation, and you're going to write a book. You'll never get a book that people care about reading. You write a book because you have a message you cannot contain. You're so stinking passionate about it. It just explodes out of you. That's what makes a great book. That's what makes a great business. When I was talking to Cliff Ravenscraft recently, when he started what he was, what he's doing now, all the podcasting and podcast training, you know, he was working at his stepdad's insurance agency and he was really feeling guilty that he wasn't giving all to his work so he quit podcasting just decided ah not gonna do that quit podcasting for a week he could not stay away from it when he realized he could not stay away from podcasting he realized he was going to have to give notice to his dad and tell him he wasn't going to work there anymore now he dreaded having that conversation anticipating that his dad would tell him how foolish he was to be walking away from the opportunity at the insurance agency. I mean, papers had already been signed that that agency would eventually be his. But you know what happened? Instead of berating him for being so childish and wanting just to follow this passion that didn't have a clear, uh, you know, clear business plan, instead his dad said, I've been wondering how long it was going to take you to tell me you were leaving. And, and listen to this. His dad says, I, I want you to know the door will always be open for you to come back, but you never will. I can see where your heart is and you need to follow that. I mean, what a cool thing, but Cliff was getting so much traction on his podcast already in terms of listeners and other people asking him, how can you help me do that? The business part was really easy to see how it was going to unfold. I mean, that's what you've got to do now. You know, if you've got, uh, when you are doing voiceovers, I mean, that's a kind of mm, elusive thing to really build into a business itself. There are a whole lot of people doing voiceovers out there. And unless you have a really distinctive voice, I mean, unless you're James Earl Jones or somebody like that, it's pretty hard to build a business around it. I think you have to build a more robust business in terms of what is that going to look like? What is that going to look like? Now, if you have a voice, hey, I'm, let me pull up the uh, Shawsh- Escaping Shawshank promo. Again, I just love this. Now, it's less than two minutes long, but I want to play this and just remind you again, we've got the early bird discount for this awesome event we're going to do. And if you use the word freedom as a code, it gives you another $100 off. So, this is going to be up in Columbus, Ohio. We're going to have an absolute transforming experience. All of us, I mean, including Joanne and Carrie and me, we are. We're looking forward to it with the same kind of anticipation 
that it's going to propel us to higher levels of success. Any of you may be thinking about now, if you have a voice like this, yeah, you can probably do something with that. I know something true about you. You've been called to greatness, to create something significant. You've heard that voice in the stillness saying, you are more than what you have become. But you've also faced significant resistance telling you the passion is fading, time is passing. Someone else has probably already done it. You don't have the resources. You're not talented enough. You've wanted to give up on your dream, but you can't shake it from your soul. It's your time to break free. Time to find hope, clarity, and freedom. Time to identify, engage, and overcome the resistance. I have three friends who will show you the way out, just like they've done for so many others. Join Dan Miller, Joanne Miller, and Carrie Oberbrunner at Shawshank Prison and a special little place called Spark Space. Face your prison and then shape your future in this two-day immersion experience that will help you go from prison to plan to payoff. I guess it comes down to a simple choice. Get busy living or get busy dying. Escaping Shawshank. The experience to help you overcome the resistance and break into the life you've only been dreaming of. EscapingShawshank.com Now, if you remember the movie, Shawshank Redemption, you realize Morgan Freeman played a critical role in that. And when you hear that trailer, now virtually everybody just assumes that's Morgan Freeman. Well, no, it's not. I mean, he's a little hard to get to do a little trailer for Dan Miller. But it's a guy who does voiceovers, who obviously sounds like Morgan Freeman. So we paid that guy a hefty fee because he has such a distinctive voice. I mean, how cool is that? They have somebody that sounds like that. So again, if you have something that makes you so distinctive in that space, then certainly you can leverage that. But I think you're going to have to build a more robust business plan for where that's going to take you. Well, let me grab a couple more here. Patrick says, five years ago, you encouraged me to step out on my own, despite my fear of what would happen to my employer at the time. I'm excited to report that I've been successfully running my own company now for two years. My former employer is going strong and I'm blessed beyond measure. Thank you. I have one question for you about pitching a TV show idea to writers. These last two years have been tough. Personally, we adopted a son, Josiah at 11 months old. He just passed away in February of a rare genetic disorder at the age of two. In his memory, we are building a very large community playground that is all inclusive. Looking around the nation, I see this type of playground as an emerging trend behind all of these playgrounds is a story like ours. I believe this would make a great TV story to feature these playgrounds, talk about the trend and share these incredible stories at the same time. How do I capture the attention of writers or producers? Many thanks again. Well, Patrick, thanks for your note. And my goodness, our sympathy is with you and losing a little boy. I looked at your site, saw the pictures, how precious and what you're doing is certainly an admirable and memorable kind of thing. 
What I would encourage you to do is this. Get local coverage for what you're doing. I mean, newspapers, magazines, radio and TV, they're all looking for these great kind of human interest stories that you're doing. So get good local coverage and let that be the driver for larger exposure. When you have great articles in a local magazine, we have here in Nashville, I mean, we have tons of magazines where they would do like parent magazine, do a nice feature on that. And then you can link to that when you're talking to larger media trying to get exposure. But also I'd encourage you right now to define what is your ultimate goal? I mean, is there a connecting theme in these playgrounds that you'd like to develop, you know, into a TV show, a book, a movie? Are you just trying to create awareness for the common theme here? Or do you want to define role in that? So map this out really like a business plan. Don't just hope that there's some kind of, you know, gets picked up by national coverage. I mean, there, there's, I ran into Mike Wolf the other day at the post office. I was actually looking at a truck in the parking lot, a 1946 International. You know, those kind of things get my attention. I was staring and looking at it, and sure enough, out of the post office comes Mike Wolf from American Pickers. I said, oh my gosh, I should have known it was you driving this thing. But anyway, there are people who are doing pilots for TV shows all the time. We were at a little shop out in Leaper's Fork just a couple days ago. And the gal was telling us that she has done a pilot. Now she finds real unusual things all over the country. It's almost like American pickers, but she goes to antique sales and garage sales and things like that to get it. And then she brings them back and sells it. Well, she's done a pilot for that. So if you're doing something noteworthy and you've connected with other people who are doing the same kind of thing, yeah, there's merit there for that. I don't have a real concise formula for how to present that as a TV pilot, but you're on the right track and having something that's a real human interest story and where there's a lot of activity where they could follow people around the country and get other stories. So the more you do the research to know where these other playgrounds are, the stronger your positioning will be. But again, start with local coverage to then build out from there. Okay. One more, one more sweet. Kevin, Kevin says, Last week, I attended a conference that was designed to help me dream and accomplish more in my life. On Monday, I started the 48 Days Online Coaching Program. As I listened to a few old podcasts, I heard you quote Stephen Hawking saying, quiet people have the loudest minds. I think that describes a big part of my nature and maybe one of the reasons in the past I tried to fill my day with music, TV, and noise. Now my mind won't shut up because of all the ideas that are flooding in. Should I try to control this? I almost have too many ideas to start my business and achieve what I want. Suggestions on getting things done with focus, ideas or resources that might help. Well, sure. And what a great place to start, incidentally. You know, the fact, Kevin, that you have all these ideas, that's a wonderful place to start. You want to light up ideas, but you can't implement them all. Give yourself 30 days. List all the ideas you have. I don't care if it's 20 or 240. You know, list all the ideas you have. Then filter those because of what you know about yourself. Now, if you're going through the 48 days challenge process right now, you're clarifying what are your skills and abilities, your personality tendencies, you know, your values, dreams, passions. Those are the things that help you know yourself more so that you can look at an idea and say, well, yeah, that's fine, but that doesn't fit me. Or yeah, I could do that, but that's not really what I'm passionate about. So filter your broad list of ideas 
narrow down to four or five that really do fit you well, do a little bit more research, then choose the best one and act. That doesn't mean that you don't have the ability or even the desire to do other things on your list, but you can't do everything. So narrow down, create a clear focus. And for the next year, don't look over your shoulder. Don't second guess yourself. Just do that. Hey, we're out of time. Well, remember, stop asking for permission. If you want to achieve greatness, stop asking for permission. Hey, I hope the questions today were helpful for you. How to deal with those negative people, even if it's somebody you live with and sleep with. Yeah, there are ways to do that and move ahead successfully anyway. Let me know what your questions are. Remember, this is a community of people who are finding or creating work that is meaningful, fulfilling, purposeful, and profitable. Don't ignore that. Have a great week. Set me free I've had enough of this This life is meaningless These hours don't pay enough This work is just so tough I need to get away The clock is ticking So don't delay It's gonna take your whole heart Say